Welcome to Factum Agri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and producers, industry and policy makers to hear their stories and expert opinions on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. This week, I'm catching up with Marina Shearer from Profile Coaching. Marina is also a farmer who lives near Wire in North Canterbury, and today we're discussing the challenges rural women face in their personal careers. Let's check in with Marina now. Hello, Marina. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Angus. Now, today we are discussing the challenges rural women face in their personal careers. Marina, you are a rural woman. Where was your career at and what happened to it when you shifted to Waia after marrying a farmer? Um, Angus, I was working at Clare Communications in Christchurch and I had a really good job. I believed that I could do the commute and it would all be fine. Um, But I also knew that I could do my job 100% from home. I was travelling, but the rest of the work that I did could be done from home. And my boss actually gave me permission to work from home two days a week. But when everybody else heard about that, they also wanted that option. So she withdrew that from me. I remember people telling me that a London commute was regularly three hours. But the difference between a London commute and commuting from a rural distance to the city is that you have to be alert. So three hours of driving time where you're being alert on top of doing an eight hour day in the city, that is really taxing. Mm. So now, so if I work now in the city, I actually go in the night before and stay the night so that I can be um, fresh and ready to go for a day's work without a two hour drive before I've even got there. And in the Hiranui, what we've noticed is that as the um, communities are growing, like Pegasus and Amberley, it actually affects commuting time for those people further away. Mm. So once I gave up my full-time job, I did manage to secure a few contracts, which meant that I could work in Christchurch about two days a week. And I just want to say that um, I have spent hours and hours and hours angsting over my career. Uh, Just because you are qualified to do something, it doesn't mean that you're gonna have an easy career. There is a lot of juggling that has to happen and there's a lot of things that affect your career. When you're a rural woman, you can get snowed in and you can't leave home for days or you have no power. Um, maybe for a week you can have no power that's not unheard of and so these sorts of things affect your career and make it really challenging for even people who have a career um, to be able to manage so I know that we need a lot of grit and we need a lot of determination if we're going to be a rural woman who maintains or creates a career. How many rural women are choosing to work side by side with their husbands now? I think particularly in the dairy industry, there are a lot of husband and wife teams working side by side, or should we say shift after shift, because they're not necessarily working in the same shifts. Mm. Um, And many rural women do do the farm book work, the wages, um, administrative needs, the tax, tax work, also the health and safety. And I'm not saying that all women do that or that women should do that, but often women are happy to do that role for the farm. 
And there are a significant number of women in a rural community who grew up in a rural community. And they seem to have an advantage over those of us who've come into a rural community after partnering with a farmer. Because what these women know is what jobs are available to them in a rural sector. And I've noticed that the rural women who grew up in a rural community often qualify as nurses or teachers and two local rural women who grew up in this community have been principals of local primary schools. Um, many are employed at the medical centres as nurses and district nurses. So they seem to have known which careers are really helpful to bring back to a rural community. Mm, okay. So what options are there for women who haven't got a teaching or nursing qualification and don't have a desire to be working on the farm? Angus, in every community, there's a really extensive range of services that are required that are mostly filled by women. And our community, the Huranui, has really grown in these services. And I think that a creative rural woman can look around her community and say, where's the gap? What can I offer here? And it might be that it's getting harder to see the gaps because there's a lot of rural women have been looking for the gaps and filling the gaps. But I remember my mother-in-law when her last child went off to school, she looked for the gap and she found it. She decided there was no piano teacher in the community and the community needed a piano teacher. So she worked at upskilling herself to the level where she could qualify as a qualified piano teacher. And she held that role for 30 years. Um, there isn't actually a piano teacher in our community now. So there's a gap. There's hairdressers, massage and beauty services that are always needed in communities. And there's a local rural woman in our community by the name of Sarah Black, who was a primary school teacher, but decided to open a nail tech business, which you might not think would really be an essential rural service, but she has created a niche business and it's grown to um, have other services as well. And her business is now really well supported and quite entrenched into this community. But there's also personal trainers and group exercise classes. Mm. We have spin, yoga, pilates, gym, and swimming pool sessions that are all run by women, for women, for men, and for children. Mm. A lot of rural women have also made um, the opportunity of extra accommodation on their farms, and some are including farm experiences like walks, treks, um, encounters with farmers and their animals and this is a really great way to earn a side income while raising a family because obviously you're at home and you're at work so that's, mm -hmm. that's a good option. There are three businesses in our community that have really been game changers and that's Sunflowers, Polka Dots and Tree Bears Preschools. They're in Harden, Colverton and Hamner. And I say they've been game changers because they've actually addressed needs for rural women in multiple ways. One of which is providing uh, preschool childcare but another is that they've actually created jobs for women in the community and they've provided the opportunity for these women to upskill and gain early childhood qualifications as well. So these three preschools opening have really been a huge benefit to these rural communities. Mm. And then, Angus, there's the people who um, take 
the product or the service that the farm is creating and they decide that they're going to be the marketing and sales part of the organisation. I think about a local rural woman who, when she's able to, she's up and down to Rickett and Market, um, attending the Hamner Market with her honey products. Mm-hmm. And there are several women in this community who are promoting honey. So um, the farmer's out there creating it. She's probably side by side with him at times, but she's the main face of selling and sales. And then I think about Sarah Reed from the Grumpy Merino. Um, who has a huge dose of grit and determination because she looked at the merino clip that was uh, being created on her farm and she decided that um, she wanted to see an end product that that their farm would sell. And, you know, there's farmers all over New Zealand and farmers' wives who are looking at the shearing shed and going, it's dismal. It's really dismal. The, the wool is worth nothing. But what can we do with our wool ourselves to create a product that we can market, that we can make more than a dollar a kilo um, from auction sales? And this is really hard because the chain of manufacturing in New Zealand is small and expensive. And so um, for the women who are looking at wool and trying to do something with wool, that requires a huge amount of grit. And I really encourage and acknowledge the hard work that people are, are doing to try and get into this space like Sarah. Do you think that there are more entrepreneurial women in the rural sector now? I think that the opportunities for rural women really opened up with the launch of the internet. And that was 25 years ago. That was actually the catalyst for my farmer and I opening up a horticultural business that we decided to give a go. I just left Clear, a telecommunications organisation. The internet had just begun in New Zealand and I'd been trained in what it was, how it worked and, and what you were supposed to be able to achieve with it. And I remember for the business that we opened in horticulture, there were um, older people who were running um, shop type businesses selling the same product. And they said, our business is virtually dead. We don't think you should even bother trying. Nobody buys them. Even if they come to a shop, why would they buy them online? We just didn't, they didn't think it would work. But we ran that business for 20 years with my farmer husband doing the actual work of caring for the plants after he'd cared for his stock for the day and me with doing sales, customer service, dispatch, freight, etc. and running the website. Mm. And so we used to have people who would come to our property after, say, 10 years of being um, known and getting a reputation, people would come to Wyal, which they perceived to be the middle of nowhere, and they'd say, what is a business like this doing in the middle of nowhere? But it didn't stop them from coming because for them it was a destination point and it was the only place in the South Island where they could get the niche product that they were looking for. And so I think once um, once your physical location is no longer an issue to people, then you can be anywhere. And so, yes, there are so many more entrepreneurial opportunities for women now that we have the internet. Um, 20 years ago, we were only able to have a website. 
if you knew how to do technical computer language. And so that was a real handicap for everybody because we had to all sit around waiting for computer programmers to create our websites. But now, as well as having the internet, we have websites like Shopify, Wix, and WordPress that are all really easy to do. Like if you can list something on Trade Me, then you can create a website on Shopify, Wix, or WordPress. And so instead of investing huge amounts of money, and I remember at one point, one upgrade to my website cost me $10,000. Well, recently wow. I created three websites for under $500 each. So that's a huge game changer for people. Mm. But there are lots of expenses that people invariably underestimate. I'm thinking about food licenses, because often rural women um, have a, a predisposition towards food-oriented businesses, government requirements, accounting fees, there's transportation costs that are usually more because we're rural. We've got packaging costs, 0800 numbers, domain names, website fees, and marketing costs. And I'm gonna say marketing costs three times because marketing costs so much money. And just because you've got a website or social media presence, it doesn't mean that anybody knows about it. Mm. And so people generally underestimate how much money they've got to pour into marketing just to raise the flag to say, here I am, and this is what I do, and this is what I make. But I think when you, when you look at the package, it's not always about making money. Sometimes it's about the journey to create a product that's got your stamp on it. It's about rural women gathering together at market days, selling their wares, connecting with others, building business, but also building network and building relationship. And so many times women have left from events and maybe they haven't had the most stellar day from the accounting perspective, but maybe they've had an awesome day from gaining connections with other people, um, maybe uh, collaboration opportunities that have happened. And they'll come home and they'll feel like they've had a day off the farm where they've found value for themselves and really enjoyed themselves. And sometimes I've even had to mention to my accountant that it's not always about the bottom dollar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in another, in another area uh, that's become available, is online learning, which is a really great option for rural women who may not have qualified in, in anything yet, but may want to, or may want to transition into another uh, area of qualification. And we've got organizations like SIT, the Southern Institute of Technology that's based in Invercargill, who offer distance learning for free. So this is a great opportunity for rural women who want to upgrade their qualifications. Uh, if there's nothing at SIT that appeals, then there are lots of organisations that are offering distance learning and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's expensive. And there's a lot of agri-online learning options as well. So that's a, a really interesting area for rural women. I've been a stay-at-home mum, and I say an 80% stay-at-home mum for 23 years. Mm. I think that about 20% of my month, I've been off-site working. And during those 23 years, I've gained two qualifications, and I'm currently working on my third one. So I'm just... Um, constantly looking at what's on offer, how I can upgrade, and all of that that can be done from home is just fabulous. This all sounds like a lot of effort 
Do you think that there are some rural women who will have listened to this today and will be feeling overwhelmed? Yeah, I do. And I have a really important message for those women. We are all built differently. And this is the one area that we should not judge that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Some women find 150% fulfillment in raising their children and supporting the farming family from home. This is such a huge commitment and juggling, helping in the yards with having lunch on the table for workers, picking up the children from school, it's absolutely a full-time job. And for some women, that's their working career and it's a crucial role in the farming family. And it means often that extra labour isn't required if the wife is available to help out here and there. And I don't want to diminish any woman who's chosen this as her role, because it's a vital and fulfilling role. The key is, is it bringing you joy and are you happy with your life? No one should ever look at the woman on the other side of the fence who's juggling a business along with her rural life and think she's more than me. There's just something different in that business woman where she's not fulfilled 100% by the rural supporting life. She wants something else. She needs another challenge. And even though that challenge might exhaust and frustrate her, she needs that extra thing to conquer, whether she's conquering marketing, social media, product design, website creation, or what. It's this really um, fine balance between I need the pressure I need the learning, I need to be um, pushing myself out of my comfort zone constantly. So what I'd like to do is lead, leave with um, a success story that's gone nationwide as an ex a really good example of what a rural woman has done for herself, along with raising the profile of wool in New Zealand. Okay. And that's a story. that's the story of Tracy Top. So Tracy is based in Rotherham. And 16 years ago, she had two little boys and she was looking for wool socks for her sons. And she couldn't find them anywhere. And she couldn't believe that she couldn't find wool socks in New Zealand. So after her frustration of actually trying to find wool socks, she started to research wool sock manufacturing in New Zealand and figured out that there was a, a possibility, a gap in the marketplace and something that she could fill. So she was raised on a sheep farm, she knew the qualities of wool, and she began this business called Cozy Toes, selling wool socks for children and adults around New Zealand. And one of the great things that I really enjoyed about having Tracy just down the road from me was the congeniality that we had through the process. So even though our products were really different, we would be going through some of the same challenges with the website, with customer complaints, um, with marketing, with sales. And so having somebody that you can bounce off different problems with or just journey alongside is a really great thing to have. Now, along the way, um, Tracy found out about this thing called Facebook groups. When Facebook groups opened, it was really confusing. Like, I've got a Facebook page. Why would I need a Facebook group? But we both opened Facebook groups. And Tracy's Facebook group, which she called We Love New Zealand Wool, quickly went to 11.4 thousand followers around New Zealand and around the world who joined her page to support wool. Fantastic. 
she never thought that that would happen. She never had that plan or that idea. Mm. And then as a result of her creating this Facebook group, now people go, oh, we're going to do a women and wool event. Who's, who should we invite to be a speaker? Ah, the lady who runs the New Zealand wool. We love New Zealand wool page, Tracy Top. We better get her. So her little business um, supplying socks around New Zealand has morphed into her being actually a bit of a national icon for wool. And um, she's been quietly conquering the challenges, creating her business. Um, all of these things she's done from home, um, 100%. It hasn't taken her away unless she's talking at events. But um, she's been able to manage this all while she's helping her husband with his business as well and just have that sense of this is my thing, this is what gives me joy um, and this, this gives me an identity that's separate from the farm. So Angus, I think the key for rural women is to consider that they have options, they have choices, that careers are possible and that joy counts. So... If anybody feels like they'd like to have a, a deeper conversation about this, I'm definitely open to it because I want to see rural women thrive and enjoy their life no matter where they live. Fantastic. Marina, it's always great to chat to you. Thank you very, very much and, and take care. Okay, bye-bye. Well, thank you to Marina for her time. You can connect with Marina at www.profilecoaching.co.nz to find out more. The country has once again ground to a halt due to COVID-19. The only thing keeping us going right now is our farmers who are doing an exceptional job at feeding our nation and keeping the export register ringing. To non-farmer listeners out there, you need to understand just how important our food and fibre sector is. This past 12 months, it has contributed around $47 billion in export revenue to New Zealand's economy. Export revenue is forecast to increase to nearly 50 billion in 2022. A significant contributor to New Zealand, and in my view, our most important. Thank you for listening, and catch you next time on Factor Magri.